Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of Rabbi Avi Havivi's weekly Sidur class. We're on Elohai Netzor, which I hope to wrap up today. We talked about Elohai Netzor the last two weeks. And what we'll do today, I hope, is... We'll take closing comments and thoughts because we sort of might not have had enough time last time. And we'll talk about the choreography of taking steps and bowing. And then I hope to have a look with you at a Sephardi version of Elohai Netzor, which adds other things. Elohai Netzor, since it's a sort of a not statutory prayer, there are various additions to it or changes to it in various different um, traditions. Okay. So first of all, I hate to, you know, start with the end at the beginning, but um, were there any lingering thoughts that you had about Elohai Netzor as a selection for the closing uh, personal meditation last week? We had a whole bunch. There don't have to be any, but I, you know, I don't know if everyone got a chance to say last week what they wanted to say. Maybe we'll come back to it when we, when we get back to the Sephardi one. So first, let's talk about the choreography, which a lot of people get hung up on the steps. And when do you do the steps? And when do you do the bowing? And I actually looked into this, and the halakha is actually pretty murky. The answer is there are many minhagim. So I don't necessarily want to dissuade you from doing your minhag. I discovered that my minhag is totally wrong when I looked into this halakhically, my minhag that I've been doing like since I was eight years old. Um, so first of all, the steps forward and backward, the point of them, let me, t- let me take a step back metaphorically. So it is probably known to you that you take three steps backwards and then three steps forward heading into the Amida, and then you take three steps backward and three steps forward at the end of the Amida, right? That idea is sort of familiar. So what is actually important, the important part of that is three steps forward into the Amida and three steps backwards at the end of the Amidah, okay? So the idea, aesthetically, spiritually, aesthetospiritually, is that we are heading into our prayer, or if you want to be concrete about it in rabbinic mythic terms, we're heading into our audience with the monarch. So we take steps into that, right? You step into prayer. So the Ikar, the main point, is three steps forward heading into the Amidah. Because if everyone took three steps forward in many synagogues, we would be bumping into chairs or tables or each other. The convention has become you take three steps backwards first. But that's really just for, I'm going to call it, the practicalities of physical positioning that's actually not really part of the ritual, if everyone follows what I'm saying. The ritual custom is you take three steps forward into the Amidah. Everyone with me? And those three steps forward are generally said to be left, right, left, I think. Left, right. I could be wrong about that. I know the three, step, the three steps backwards, by the way, is starting with the left. The halakha does say that. The three steps forward... The halakha actually doesn't say much about it. And there are many different customs 
as to when you do all that. So the latest point at which you are supposed, the halakha says a variety of things about when you're supposed to stand before the Amidah. The latest point in the halakha is Sur Yisrael, Kuma Bezrat Yisrael, Rock of Israel, the last paragraph, rise up. So when you say Kuma, you stand up. That's the latest point. The commonly done point of standing up is Michamocha. And the halacha actually says, to my surprise, that you're, I, my surprise I learned last night, that you're supposed to take your three steps back, which means, of course, you're standing already, at Tehilot Le'el Elyon, which is that last line before Michamocha, right? So you're supposed to go Tehilot Le'el Elyon, meaning as you're heading into Michamocha, you're getting yourself ready to be going into the Amidah. Then when do you take your three steps forward? Well, there are differences of opinion on this in the Halakha. By the way, it's all custom. Okay, so I've seen that it says, and there are various customs about this. Or the or here's what the, the correct minhag is, although everyone else seems to have a different practice. So again, I don't want to tell you that your practice is wrong. I'm just going to tell you what I came up with in my review. Um, so some sources say, so we, as you know, we add that line before the Amidah, Adonai Svatai Tilatecha, a line from Psalms, Hashem opened my lips so that my mouth might utter your praise. So some sources say you take your three steps forward during Hashem Svatai Tilatecha. Some sources say you're actually supposed to take your three steps forward before that line, meaning when you're concluding Ga'al Yisrael, and that Hashem Svataiti Tachufiagitilatecha is supposed to be like part of the Amidah, meaning you are already standing with your feet together. Now, all of this flies in the face of what I've been doing since I was eight years old, which is saying Adonai Svataiti Tachufiagitilatecha. There are six words, three steps back three steps forward. That's how I've always been doing it. But apparently that is a widespread minhag, but is not actually halachically correct. So I'm not going to tell you how to do it because I'm not a posake. I'm not a decisor for you, but there are, suffice it to say, there are a number of minhagim of taking your three steps forward into prayer. And theoretically, by the way, if you're davening on your own with plenty of space, there's really no need to take three steps back. Again, the three steps back is just for the practicalities of positioning around other people and synagogue furniture. There's nothing ritual, nothing about it that's really connected to the actual Amida ritual. The, the part that's actual Amida ritual is you take three steps forward, headed into your Amida. We'll get to the end. We'll get to Elohim Netzor in a moment. But since we're going to do that, I figured we'd talk about the beginning first. Michael Ozer. <clears throat> okay, uh, Rabbi. Question. Uh, uh, I just want to... Here's my chair. Here's, here's, my, here's my mug. My JQ International mug. Okay. Uh, I'm just showing you my mug. My JQ. Okay. Good. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, it says, I'm just uh, in the art scroll, when you step through, uh, when you go forward, Right, left, right. Thank you. You're right. That's correct. 
So the yeah. reason the reason you do it that way is uh, the halachic source says when a person this is the part of the rampant dexterism of Judaism when a person heads off on a journey heads somewhere they put their right foot forward first and thus when you leave your audience at El Hainotzor you do your left foot first to show that you're reluctant you're not running off on a journey when you're leaving your audience before the king so you're doing it the backwards way so i appreciate that i think that's correct you walk forward you put your right foot into it first okay and by the way the way it's done just so you know the steps at least the steps backwards at the end so i assume the steps forward is the same in terms of okay. again okay. i don't want i don't want people to get hung on hung up on this but let's talk about the feet forward okay right foot forward and you're supposed to put your heel next to your toe is the distance <clears throat> left foot forward and then you put your foot in front of your right foot at least heel to toe and then you put your right foot forward so your feet are together so it's sort of like sort of like a three quarter step full step three quarter step but but don't get hung up on that okay Question. one yeah Mike, michael denilana uh i have a, a why is it frequently that the person the leader his voice trails off okay so um we'll talk about it we talked about that way back when okay. but in but since we're in that geographic zone it's a fair question so um some people so the halakha i think it's in the mishnah says that you must connect Gaal Yisrael to the Amidah without interruption. The word is lehasmich, which sort of means to attach. Gaal Yisrael must become attached to the Amidah with no interruption. That's what the Mishnah says. Then the halachic disagreement is, is saying amen an interruption. Some people say it is. If you hear someone else say a bracha, you're supposed to say amen, including when they say hamotzi. Because if they say, God, you're amazing, you gave us food or wine or nice spices or whatever, one person says that, the other person is supposed to say, amen means like, yeah, right on, sister, right on, brother, means yes, in faith, I agree with you. And if you don't say amen, it's as if you are disagreeing, it's considered disrespectful. So when you hear someone else saying a bracha, even if it's not your bracha, someone's saying hamotzi because they're going to eat bread and you're not eating, you're still, still supposed to say amen to their bracha. So the halachic d- debate is, is the amen after Ga'al Yisrael an interruption? The conventional Eastern European Ashkenazi opinion, meaning what most people do, you know, what most people do in conservative shuls about things is what we call yeshivish, which means it's, it's Eastern European. It's not just Ashkenazi, it's Polish-Russian Ashkenazi, Okay. And the majority of opinion of that is that Amen is an interruption. Therefore, the Chazan drops their voice. So you don't hear Gaal Yisrael. So you are not forced to say Amen. Because if you hear the Bracha, you have to say Amen. And that's an interruption. There are other opinions halachically. And our own Rabbi Elliot Dorf espouses this opinion that Amen is not an interruption. And therefore, the Chazan does not need to, or perhaps should not drop their voice. So as with all these things, that which we think is totally the way of doing it, that just means 
that's how you learned how to do it. And that's what you think is the right way. There are definitely wrong ways, but there's more than one right way. So all my life, I've been doing three steps back on Hashem Svatayti Tach and three steps forward on Ufi Yagi And apparently that has no real basis in the halacha. It's either three steps forward during that line or three steps forward before that line. Michael Harris. Oh, wait, sorry, Ilana. I, awesome, I, thank you. Ilana, then Michael Harris. Yeah, this isn't I really can tell like... we're never going to get to the Sephardi Elohine sword today. We might do that after Hanukkah. Go ahead, Ilana. Okay, just quickly. You were giving the alternatives about where to um, stand. Yeah. So you said the most recent halakha is you stand on Kuma, and the most common is on Michamocha, and then you mentioned also Tilot. And the last and line what, before Michamocha. I'm the sorry, halakha. right. So, so that's an alternative, but what's the halakha, the... the halakha actually says you're supposed to take three steps back during Tehillot Le'el Yon. So, so that's the closest to the sort of standard halakha? I don't know what standard. That's, I guess that's what I'm left with. Uh, uh, you know. Got it. Okay. Right. right. Yeah. One, one person's ceiling is another person's floor. I don't know what standard anymore. <coughs> Commonly done is people stand for Micha Mocha, right? And people whose attitude is, you're not going to make me stand any sooner than the halacha absolutely insists on it. They stand at Kuma, Tzur Israel, Kuma, Israel. But the halacha apparently says you're supposed to take three <coughs> steps back during Tehillot Le'el El Yon. Well, for, for what it's worth, Anshe Chesed, the very firm tradition is people stand as we start Tzur Israel and sing vigorously. Got it. So there are many mean hagim. The, I, I want to take everyone back to the point. The point is, because I don't want us to lose the forest for the halachic trees, the conceptual spiritual forest for the halachic trees. The point is, you're coming into your audience before God, right? Or you're heading into prayer. And so you take three steps forward, apparently with the right foot first, right, left, right. Heading into prayer. That is the ikar. That is the main point. Whether or not you take three steps back first, when you take three steps back, when you stand, those are, I'm going to say, there's, there's more variety in that halakhically, and that about which there is greater unanimity is you take three steps forward heading into prayer. With me on that? Okay. When you leave your audience with the monarch, you take three steps back. You don't turn your back on the king, right? Some Many of you know, like there's actually a practice. Some people walk backwards out of shul. You don't turn your back on the Aaron Kodesh. You certainly don't turn your back on a an open Aaron Kodesh or on a Torah. Um, no. So you don't turn your back on the monarch. <coughs> you walk backwards respectfully out of the monarch's presence, and then you bow. The most authoritative halachic source I was able to find seems to say that you take three steps back while you are bowing to the left on Oseh Shalom Bim Ramav, which seems to me very difficult, and I don't see people do that, right? 
I see people taking their three steps back before, because it would be hard to go, oh, se shalom bim romav. You'd be very crooked and taking three steps back. But that's actually what the main halachic source says. Okay? All right. But most people take three steps back before Oseh Shalom Yimramav, starting with their left. And again, purpose of the left is because um, you start journeys with a right foot. And this is not, I'm dashing off by God. I'm dashing off on a journey, right? This is, I'm reluctant to leave the king. So I do it the backwards way of how I would normally do it. Normally I'd start with my right foot. So I start with my left foot. By the way, I found a source last night that says, and so if you're a lefty, you're supposed to start with your right foot. Okay, I've never seen that before. I'm a lefty. I don't think I'm going to be able to correct 55 years of how I'm used to doing it. Okay, so the thing we do know for most traditions, which add Osesh Shalom Bim Ramav, let me start with that, is Osesh Shalom Bim Ramav, you bow to the left. You always, when you bow, in multiple directions. This is the same with the You always start out bowing to the left first because you are bowing to the right of the Shechina. That's what the sources say. The Shechina is opposite you, God's presence. You bow first to Hashem's right, which is your left. So it's Ose Shalom Bimromav. Then it's Huya Ose Shalom Aleinu. A lot of people feel that Aleinu is, a lot of people think that Aleinu is part of the next phrase. It's not. It's who Yase Shalom Aleinu, the Alkol Yisrael, the Imru Amen. So bow to the left, bow to the right, bow to the middle. And either you take your three steps back during the bowing to the left, which seems to me to be very difficult, or you take your three steps back beforehand. That is the widespread custom, right? And I learned it in my day school as you take the three steps back on the three words before Osen Shalom Bim Ramav. Hashem Suri Vigo Ali. But it seems to me there's no need to do that. You could just say Hashem Suri Vigo Ali and then take three steps back. And Oseshalom Yomav, Hu Yaseshalom Alenu, Valkol Yisrael, Valkol Yosvetevel, if that's your practice, Vimru Amen. And then it is the positional, not bunching people up in the wrong place in shul practice to take three steps forward. Some people say you don't take three steps forward until the chazan begins their repetition or even until the end of the kedusha. There are different practices about when you take three steps forward and remain in your place. Um, there are many people, if you look at from people, uh, from people just means, you know, everyone's definition of from people. From people just means frommer than me, right? Um so if you look at people who are frummer than me, um, they tend, some of them tend, they stand with their, when they finish the Amidah and they take their three steps back, they remain standing with their feet together through the Chazan's beginning of the repetition and through the Kedusha, Baruch HaTashem HaEl HaKadosh, and then they move their feet and will walk around or sit down. Some people actually super from stay standing with their feet together during the whole repetition of the Amidah since the purpose of the Chazan saying the, of the Amidah is to fulfill my obligation in case I missed anything. So I should listen to everything, feet together and say Amen. But the common, that's not so common, but the common custom, there is a common more from than me custom to remain standing in your three steps back location, okay? 
uh, through the beginning of the Chazan Zamida. The first three brachot through Kedusha are seen as having a, um, I'm just going to put it in air quotes, higher level of sanctity or something like that. So you remain with your feet together during that. I don't do it that way, but I probably should. Okay, Michael, I, I held you off. That's okay. Chat. Now I have three things to talk about. Go ahead. My custom, and I only, as far as I know, I just made it up myself, but it seemed reasonable to me. And that is that after I step back, after the quiet Amidah, I step forward um, before the, just before the Kedusha, because it seems to me if I've stepped out of God's presence, I should be back in God's presence and I'm going to do the Kedusha. And then I step back again afterwards. That makes sense to me. That's one thing. The next thing, you you mentioned that... Uh, at um many people stand and take their steps back. It seems to me that that's the reasonable thing to do because if you don't do that and if you delay stepping back, in the event that somebody behind you has begun his quiet or her quiet amida ahead of you, you'll be stepping into their space, which you're not supposed to do. Correct. The halacha says clearly, by the way, that when someone behind you is saying that Amida, you're not supposed to step into their space. Right. Does so anyone that, know? Does anyone know what your space is defined as halachically? For a moat. For a moat, which is about six feet. COVID space. Yeah. It's six feet. Right. Go so, ahead. And then the final thing is what I don't understand about the uh, whether to say Amen or not uh, after Gaal Yisrael, just by the fact that the Chazan drops his or her voice, and so you don't hear the last couple of words, shouldn't make a difference because, at least from what I was reading some time ago in the Kitzur Shulchan Aruch, in that he says that if you hear a bracha, even if you can't hear all of it, if you've heard enough to know what the bracha is, you must say amen. Okay, I am. I I hear you. I am not familiar with that. Uh, all I can tell you is I know that the the reason that the Chazan drops the voice is so the Kahal doesn't have to say Amen. Otherwise, there'd be no reason for the Chazan to drop their voice whatsoever. I, know. I just don't know how to square up with that other... I got it. Yes. Okay. Have to read the footnote to the footnote to see how does it squared. Okay. Wait, um, was that the third thing or the second thing? That was the third. The just, third. just not halacha, but on a strictly practical basis... The more from the crowd, frankly, the less likely you are to have six feet under any circumstance. Correct. Right. And if you're left-handed, you tend to be somewhat ambidextrous. I don't think I've ever done the start with the left foot. And I'm a lefty. Walking, going backwards? Going anywhere. (laughs) Okay. Got it. Were you supposed to start? Going backwards, yes. Oh, okay. But, you know, that idea of put your, you know, best foot forward, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. I, I instinctively start right. So Correct. Right. But then you go backwards left to show that you're not going on your journey. Yes. Right. Um, so I, I do it yeah. the standard way. And the fact yeah. that I'm a lefty doesn't enter it. into it. Okay. Me. Michael Ozer is going to read us the, the art scroll instructions. Just so you understand before he reads us the art scroll instructions, just so you understand what art scrollism is. Art scrollism is um, Brooklyn Haredi practice that effaces and erases the whole complexity of halachic history and many different customs and just chooses to give you 
one custom which they consider the authoritative custom. So that doesn't mean it's the authoritative custom. That just means Art Scroll assumes it's too complex for you to deal with, oh, there are many customs in halachic history, and you're not going to know how to evaluate them. I'm going to evaluate them for you. Here's the authoritative way. That is the that is the plus and the minus of art scrollism. Okay, go ahead, Michael. Now, having given that that preamble, tell us what the art scroll is. Basically, you, what you're saying, Avi, it's, it's mincha. Yeah. Wait, wait, but what does it say? What does it no, say? It says, it says, Remain standing, I'm quoting, in place until the Hazan begins the Kedusha, or at least or at least for a few moments, right. then take three steps forward. Yeah, by the way, at least for the few moments, that's clear because the halacha, the one thing the halacha is clear on is it doesn't want you to think I'm doing a ritual. The ritual is I take three steps back and three steps forward, right? The halacha wants you to be conscious of the ritual the choreography is I am taking three steps backwards. Three steps forward isn't part of the ritual. Okay. And mm-hmm. actually the halacha says minimally, you're supposed to wait at least a few seconds. Minimally, you're supposed to wait at least a few seconds before taking three steps forward. Right. To show that it's not like I just did a little, I don't know, hokey pokey or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> All right, there are a few other hands. Deborah Blum. Hi, Deb. Hi. Um, I've kind of just observed this and sort of tried to imitate roughly because I really never learned uh, anything about it. Yeah. <laughs> but I just sort of was like, oh, that's what people are doing. Okay. I'll kind of, I mean, I think I kind of knew the idea about yeah. it, sort of, but I think I really uh, just was now, you know, having more time to actually mm-hmm. read in because it says in the Sidor too that this idea of what it what the idea is behind it. But um um the question is do you absolutely need to do this at all? Like is it really that big a deal? Well I, I I'm not your um rabbinic right. decisor. That's true. So right. I, I I do want to say the halakha but, says that you take three steps into prayer. Right. All right. The halakha it's not but, in the it's not in the Mishnah, it's not right. in the Talmud, but it is pretty well established as far as I know that you take three steps into your audience with God, and then you take three steps back when you're done with your audience. And by the way, so, and I found a, a my late halachic book that has all kinds of footnotes says something about also wheelchairs, um, if you're sitting because you're on a journey, because you're on the Greyhound bus and the time for Mincha is going to pass and you have to say Mincha seated, right? You're supposed to put your feet together and you don't do any steps. And there's also something I saw about people in wheelchairs should take wheelchair steps back, right? So there's all kinds of still fine tunings, but I believe the the last few centuries of halachic practice seems to be unified that the minhag is you take three steps forward into prayer and three steps back out of prayer. So it's, it's really like part of the Amidah. Like anytime you do Amidah, like it's really, it's part of the choreography of the Amidah. It's not as well established as the bowing, right? So the bowing is more universal and goes further back halachically and is there's more agreement on when you bow 
right? There's actually to- pretty much total agreement on when you bow. Okay, there's no, there are different minhagim. So this is looser and therefore later. Usually the things that are later are also looser. Looser means they're different minhagim because they're less well-established. But as far as I can tell, it seems to be pretty universal minhag, three steps forward, heading into your Amidah, three steps back, leaving your Amidah. That's the core choreography, okay? And as well as bowing left, right, and center when you say, oh, Seshalom bim Romav. There seems to be some squishiness about when exactly you take those three steps backwards and when exactly you take those three steps forward. Yeah, okay, okay. As well as, as well as like, the other three steps, it's sort of like, oh, practically speaking, you do that, but that's not part of the core thing, right? So the three, three steps backward before the Amidah is not part of the core spiritual choreography. The spiritual no, I get core, it. I get yeah. it. No, no, no. I'm just telling, I'm not saying to you, I'm saying yeah. everyone, right? Three steps yeah. forward is part of the spiritual choreography. The three step backward beforehand, that's just practical. So we all end up in the same place. Okay? No, I know. I mean, it's funny. No, no, no. Uh, yes, Deborah, I'm not responding to you. I'm t- saying it to the whole class. Yeah, okay. I know you know. Okay. 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 Uh, yeah. But can I point out one yeah, thing? Please. That yeah. at the at in the Slim Shalom at the end of the Amidah, it says we take three step back, bowing left, right, and center as we conclude the Amidah, our audience before God. So it's like it's not really um, kind of telling you when to do anything. It's Correct. just saying you do all these things. Somehow you figure it out. Unlike Art Scroll, which would tell you exactly what words right. to say it on. So yeah. actually, our instruction in the Slim Shalom, um, on the one hand, it's vague and therefore not that useful. On the other hand, it respects the fact that there are different minhagim about when to do that. The Art Scroll is the opposite. It tells you exactly when to do it. But in doing so, it it privileges th- one particular minhag right. over right. other minhagim. Right. So okay. I don't want to tell you to change your minhag. And I have been going three steps back on Hashem Svatai Titach and Ufiyagi Tilatecha since I was eight years old. So I don't know if I'm going to be able to change that. So I'm just sort of saying, apparently there are more minhagim than I thought. Larry, yeah, I did you have a hand waving at some point? Okay. I thought you might have. No, I was just making a joke that I put in the chat. Oh, okay. All right. I don't know. Should we close with the joke? This phone, something about the phone. Three steps back, bow and take out your phone. Okay. Um, well, it is that time. Are there any other questions about steps? I guess all we're covering today is steps because it's about that time. Question or comments or thoughts about steps. So again, I want to point out that there's choreography to the Amidah, meaning we know that there's bowing. We know that there's feet together. We know that there's kadosh, 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 right? In other words, there are various, I'm going to put it this way, instead of just labeling it choreography, there are various physical practices that evolved to be done during the Amidah that are, let's call them enacted. Larry, you got to mute. Larry, you have to mute, please. You, thank you, Larry, um, that are, these physical actions are enactments of various spiritual ideas that accompany the Amidah, right? So 
Why we bow when we bow isn't just a rule. Why we take steps isn't just a rule. If you said why three steps and not five steps, then I'd say, oh, I guess that's just a rule. I don't know. Um, but in general, there are, there are ideas behind these things and the physical enactments, what gets loosely labeled the choreography around the Amidah, around the Sidur in general, are meant to be embodiments using your body to enact certain ideas that are uh, somehow meant to enhance kavanah, enhance spiritual intention during the ritual, right? That's easy to understand, right? I am, I am separating everything I've done up until now from the Amidah, and I am walking forth into my personal meditation slash audience with God. I've concluded my personal meditation slash audience with God. I'm breaking that frame by backing away from it. It's now over, right? So I think it's pretty easy to understand why certain things are um, enactments. Okay. Uh, Jeff, did you have a hand up? You might, or no, it was Michael Ozer. Yeah, I just wanted to say that I think the the separation, <clears throat> what's lovely about it uh, at the beginning and at the end, or, or the beginning stepping in and the separation at the end, plus the fact that Elohai uh, just sort of is base, basically such a humble and uh, put in there as an addition in total humility, I think. Yes. It's just a lovely aspect uh, of book ending and yeah, and then it fits with three steps backwards, meaning mm-hmm. you don't turn your back. It's like you're right. It it kind of fits with the humbling theme of of Kainitzor. Okay, and then we go on to even more humbling, which is putting our face down for Tachnun. So we'll get to that eventually. Okay, Ilana, last comment, and then we're off. Yeah, um, just a little thing about. The, the idea of the audience with God, which is the sort of equivalent of the audience with a, you know, king or something. I learned very early that the Amida is the one thing that you must not interrupt, right? So is that in a way connected, right? So if you're having an audience with God or say the king of England, um, interrupting that seems like a really bad idea. It's rude. It's, Correct. I don't know. Correct. Yes. And you stand at attention, meaning with your feet together. By the way, also there are halachic sources. We haven't talked about them. They're not widely paid attention to in liberal synagogues, conservative and reform, about how your hands are supposed to be. Technically, your hands are supposed to be like this, because this is over your heart, right over the left, I think, because this is seen to be, I guess, in the year... 1200 or something, whenever the minhag is from, I don't know, the position of supplication that you would stand at before a monarch. You wouldn't stand like this. You wouldn't stand like this. You wouldn't stand (laughs) with your hands in your pockets, right? All the things that, you know, my parents said to me, you know, don't take your hands out of your pockets, all that kind of stuff. It's like, what is considered a respectful position? Now, of course, if you're holding a sidur and reading it, you're holding your sidur. But remember that no one was holding a sidur before 
printing made a sidur available to everyone. The one person who had a sidur was the chazan who had a manuscript, right? Yeah. Maybe there was a super duper rich person in the kahal who had another manuscript, maybe a couple of rich people who had manuscripts. But up until the printing press made sidur more widespread, no one held a sidur. So there's a question of, okay, what do you do with your hands during the audience? And of course, people didn't have pockets, as far as I know, in like the 12th century. Um, so there's a thing about hands like this. They're not, I, supposed I'm, behind, not supposed to be behind your back, not akimbo, not crossed, etc. And that's considered I'm, a respectful posture. Yes. I'm really glad to hear that because unintentionally I've been doing that because I have Raynaud's syndrome. So my hands are always freezing. And um, I put my sidor on a stand for other reasons. Yep. So I'm, um, <laughs> for various reasons, I'm mostly right. in that position. Okay. Now I have to look up. I can't remember. Is it the right over the left or the left over the right? And I don't do it. So I don't have an, a physical intuition about it, but I'll, I'll work on that and I'll get back to you. Okay. We're running over. Want to stop. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to all. And God willing, we will meet again next Tuesday. And I guess we'll talk about Al Hanisim, the Hanukkah prayer. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.